Welcome to the 177th episode of the Young Terps podcast from the Viner Four Gates studio. This is your host and only host on the day, Mason Viner. Uh, talking Terps football and basketball, a pair of losses at the hands of Rutgers. Uh, tough, tough couple of days for Terp Nation. Uh, we're going to go ahead and skip the rundown for this weekend. Jordan's going to be coming back. Uh, we'll also have our annual special with Dave Lamonico of Terrapin Times for National Signing Day coming out tomorrow. It should be a near historic day for the Terps who will sign a handful of really talented defensive linemen and hopefully uh, their class will hold in the top 25. It's ranked right now 25 in the 24-7 composite rankings. And then, of course, it will be capped off by what could be a massive day in February as the Terps look to add some big additions, including a five-star who identified the Terps in their top two. Uh, let's get to the football game first. And before we get to that, this podcast, as always, is brought to you by Allied Party Rentals, your hometown Terrapin party rental resource, Allied. Whether you're hosting a wedding, putting together a luncheon, or setting up a street festival, Allied has the tents, chairs, lindens, china, and other accessories to host your event safely during these times. Located in the DMV right next to College Park in Beltsville, Maryland, and serving the entire area today, contact Allied at 301-986-0067 or on the web at alliedpartyrentals.com. Let's kick it off with the football game. The Terps fall to Rutgers on I guess you can call it Senior Day, even though Maryland has another game at 7.30 on Saturday against Michigan State. Uh, but they fall on Senior Day to Rutgers, 27-24. Uh, to 24. The Scarlet Knights uh, finish out the Big Ten regular slate at 3-5. and five. Maryland at 2-3. and three. Uh, My initial thoughts on this one is uh, a really passionate and good performance from Maryland. And I know that a lot of you out there uh, I don't think this. You know, I, I saw it all over the boards, whether it was Terrapin Times, Inside Maryland Sports, Testudo Times, uh, and even from people on our own website, that this was disappointing. Maryland shot themselves in the foot with uh, penalties that racked up to 135 yards and played an undisciplined uh, game. And I like to look at the bright spots in this performance. The Terps played extremely hard, and I'll get into this in a minute. But Maryland gave it their all in a game with a walk-on quarterback in there, uh, a depleted team with only one inside linebacker playing guys that even I, and I'll be completely honest here, I was looking at the roster during this game on UM Terps. I didn't know who Thomas uh, was and some of the other guys that were in there on defense uh, for Hippolyte, Chance Campbell, Frankie Burgess was out. Um, as was, I believe, Cortez Andrews did not play either for the Terps uh, on Saturday. The reason why I'm proud of this performance is because we've seen this team fold in moments like this time and time again, year after year. You know, we've seen an injured Maryland team go out there and just lay down flat, and Rutgers wasn't they weren't giving up either. If I was a Rutgers fan, I would be extremely proud of the way they played. They stuck with it. Uh, they fought through adversity, but especially, again, focused on Maryland, which is what we do in this show. 
I just got to say, props to them. You know, props to Coach Loxley and his staff. Uh, but we'll circle back around to some of the issues. Getting into the stats, uh, Eric Najarian for the Terps, 12 for 23, 218, two touchdowns, uh, no interceptions, didn't fumble the ball either. Had a nice run or two, finished the game uh, with negative two yards in the rushing category. Really proud of Eric, a guy that I've seen at practice a few times. He's always looked decent, you know, and I he reminded me a lot when I saw him in practice of a guy uh, like a Ryan Brand, who really just didn't get his chance. And when he did, uh, he gave the Terps something. You know, it's not a lot, but he was able to manage the game, throw these simple passes to a really talented group of wide receivers, uh, and make some things happen, especially late game. You know, extended some plays uh, and, and gave Maryland what they needed. The other guy that you have to talk about is Lance Lejean, 7 uh, of 10, 42 yards, throws two interceptions. Uh, I'm really not impressed by Lance. Uh, I'm I'm really not, and Lance is a, a guy who I find hard to judge off of this performance. Obviously, uh, at this level, as I like to say, when you get your shot, that's your shot, you know. And, and it's disappointing uh, for Lance that he didn't really deliver in his moment. I think he looked slow uh, running the football. I didn't think he was overwhelming passing the ball. The game seemed to be going just a tick or two too fast, which is an adjustment uh, that a lot of quarterbacks are playing option schemes face. And, and for Lance, that was this game. And and this might be uh, the punch in the face that Lance needed. You know, every once in a while when you're an athlete that's hyped up, you know, you're on QB1, a show that Lance was featured on, you need something to kick you, to say, hey, I'm not that guy. I'm not that good. I need to go back, hone in my skills, look at the film, and get better. This might have been that moment for Lance. I'm not ready to count him out. You're talking about a young football player who's in his redshirt freshman season who had a bad game. And sure, that's not optimal. That's not what you wanted to see. But look at the game that Leah had to start the season. Sometimes it's just not there. And, and these quarterbacks at times have looked very unprepared and I'm not ready, again, not ready to write Lance off. He's not nothing. He's not, he, he may not be great out of the box, but we knew what we were getting. We knew we weren't getting a guy that was 100% ready to go. And if you watched QB1, you looked at the documentary, uh, I didn't think anybody that looked at that could say Lance is our guy from day one. And this may be day two. This isn't necessarily day one, but he's still a player that I'm not ready to count out. I think he's going to get his chance if he sticks with it and stays here, which uh, a lot of people seem to think is in question, but this game was certainly uh, a setback for him. Moving on to the rushing game, uh, the Maryland legend Jake Funk gets it done for the Terps in his three quarters, but goes down with an injury, which I really think cost uh, Maryland late game in that third quarter. Uh, Funk scores a touchdown. He goes down with a shoulder sprain. Hopefully we'll be back this week. Maryland really needs him. Uh, he gives Maryland 17 carries for 180 yards and a touchdown. Fleet Davis returns after pretty much, I guess, what was a year of being out with uh, due to, I believe, what was team violations but was never really disclosed by the program after his arrest last year. He got 10 carries for 26 yards. I wasn't too impressed with Fleet. The best run of uh, the game for Tayon Fleet Davis was called back for a block in the back. Uh, other Terps that carried the ball for positive yardage was Rakim Jarrett. He had one carry for five yards. Uh, the Terps' rushing totals ended up being 40 touches 
for 198 yards and the one touchdown from Funk with a long carry of 52 yards, which also came from Jake Funk. Uh, in the receiving games, the Terps got leading uh, pass catcher in this one was Brian Cobbs, five catches, 99 yards, a touchdown. Uh, Jarrett had 39 yards, Funk 33 through the air, Jay Sean Jones 29. Demas only gets the one catch, had a massive, massive drop uh, in the end zone from Nigerian. Uh, but he also came back and caught a touchdown pass, which was of 23 yards. Uh, Malik Jackson, the tight end, gets a catch for 20 yards. And Fleet Davis uh, got one catch for 17 yards. Now let's talk about some of these penalties, because I know that that's uh, what a lot of you are probably listening this for, is is the take from the Young Terps on this. And I've talked to Jordan, so I'll, I'll sprinkle in some of his opinion uh, on this one. For me... Again, the guy that's really overly passionate about this team. This game, this game hurt your Maryland fan soul. And these penalties, some of them were just absolutely ridiculous. As a team, as a program that, that was really down in the dumps that I don't think after this game, and, and losing to Rutgers certainly doesn't help this, but I still can't say this program is the same one that was here before. I think it's much improved. You were down into guys, again, that we've never heard of competing against a Rutgers team that's that's has a lot of the same story going on. They're not the same team anymore. But Jay Sean Jones cannot get those penalties. He just can't. As a football team, as somebody that's trying to build something, you're going to have games like this. Now, we pay guys millions of dollars to coach these kids, but at the end of the day, they're playing with so much passion that it got the better of them. Maryland found themselves a wide receiver in Jay Sean Jones that will go out there and block that hard. That's not the easiest thing to do. Getting that out of your guys is a challenge. Now, should he do it? Probably not. But the mere fact that we have guys giving their all every single play, Gote, Jayshon Jones, I think Finau does it. His play was a little questionable, and, and Coach Loxley did the right thing and suspended him. Mokite does the same thing. I mean, these guys play so hard. They have found a group of guys that lost games by 50-plus points every year, and they have not done that once this year. In fact, you know, Northwestern was a bad performance. But these last few weeks with guys out because of COVID, I've been extremely proud to be a Maryland fan. And you guys tell me, how long has it been with this football program since you could look at a season and say, I'm proud to root for that team? Because it certainly wasn't when we were losing games by 50 to 60 points. Now, if you're... Coach Loxley, I think you go back and say, hey, we got these guys a little bit too far. You go to your guys, Ryan Davis, uh, Coach Mason in the strength uh, and conditioning department, and you say, now we can focus on discipline. But we got past phase one. Well, now we're getting everything that we got out of these guys. They don't have backups. We don't have personnel. But, hey, we're still getting it. We're still in that game. We still gave ourselves a chance to win the football game without most of our personnel. 
and it happened with the Ravens the other week, it happened with Maryland against Indiana, and it happened again uh, in this game against Rutgers. That makes your fan base extremely proud. That makes your players passionate about what they do. And if you had guys out there that say, hey, I'm never going to play, I'm just on this team, I'm just going through the motions, and they get out there, and they get their shot, and they perform like that, you have to be proud as a coach. You have done your job. Now, was the execution perfect? No. Were the penalties stupid, and did they cost us the game? Of course they did. But those are correctable things. There was a point with this program last year where I think a lot of us that follow this team never thought we were going to get better. It was so far in the dumps that if you gave me a 2-3 and three season where Maryland competed toe-to-toe with a team like Indiana that's number 12 in the country, beat Penn State, beat Minnesota, got a great win in primetime that uh, gave this program great national exposure, I would take that. If you told me that before this season, I would take it. Saturday nights are extremely, extremely important, but the fact that we're here in a spot fighting for a 500 season during this COVID year and the fact that this team uh, has taken its hits with, with the virus and has really struggled with it and there's rumblings that they're having more issues with it this week. But we got to play football and we got to play competitive football and football that can make our fan base proud. Now, I really wanted them to win. I was really upset. I've not been this upset about a game, and it's been a few days, so I'm not exactly in it at the moment. But on Saturday night, I was I was upset about this. And I was happy that to go out and look and see that so many other people had issue with this game. But when I look at this team, when I judge this team this year, I've looked at a handful of things, and a lot of them are caused by that first performance. But really, at the end of the day, it is, did we play as hard as we can to give ourselves a chance to win? And in this game, that happened to be true. They gave it their all. They gave it more than their all, and it ended up, I think, hurting them. Now, if you're Dante Demas, going back to the actual football aspect, you got to catch some of these balls. You really do. Great receivers catch some of those passes. And you can knick-knack all those things, but the team and the product that was on the field, I enjoyed. It was a fun game to watch, and it was really a fun time, and I think it was entertaining to watch. And you're down a bunch of players from COVID, I think that, that really is what counts. For the football aspect of it, it's tough to judge when Maryland doesn't have their quarterback, but as always, as a team, you have to prepare for your backup. I think they had a good set of plays. Uh, Najarian, they were able to get him uh, easy enough looks, and he was able to make some plays. And uh, they didn't really, uh, I don't think they really expected to have to pull Lance from the game, but when they did, uh, he stepped up in a big way. In the running game, they were able to, even with some backup offensive linemen in there, uh, get funk on a lot of trap plays, pull guards across the formation, uh, pin and pull. They did a lot of what Northwestern uh, did against Maryland week one, and it worked well for Jake Funk. Uh, past Funk, no Isaiah Jacobs, no Penny Boone. Uh, it was it was tough for Tayon Fleet-Davis in his first game more than a year. On defense, you got to be proud of the secondary. Tarheeb still, without Ja'Cory and Bennett, was an absolute star. Uh, Levante Gator 
I think is serviceable. Nick Cross is really good. Antoine Richardson uh, was was good. Uh, up front for the Terps, uh, really heavy rotation. A lot of guys to kind of, I think it was to bridge the gap without the inside linebackers. Fenanje Gote having to go every play was a bit of an issue as he got tired. But Finau, uh, Mokite, Aman McCullough, uh, Anthony Booker Jr., uh, Sam O, of course. Cherokee Glasnow got a scholarship this last week. To uh, they gave you everything they had. You know, J Joe Benapoli, uh they were really going hard. And, and the guy you really have to highlight is Darrell Nchime, uh for Maryland. He forced two fumbles in this game. Maryland forced five fumbles on defense and could not recover uh, one of them. And that really hurt the Terps. You don't see that many much often. But Rutgers did a fantastic job um, picking them up. You know, and, and falling on the football the correct way and holding on to the ball. And it was really a game of inches. And, and you know, for Maryland, those two interceptions, the ball bounced off the hands of Demas twice. Uh, outstretch arm, I don't blame Dante for either of those. The touchdown drops, another story. But sometimes the ball just doesn't bounce your way. And I think this was really one of those uh, one of those situations. The, the play that you have to focus on for Maryland uh, is the play of the inside linebacker position. The guys that they subbed in, Kobe Thomas... I mentioned him a little bit earlier in the show, uh, along with Gote. The other guys that rotated through there were Jordan Mosley, the safety, a guy that Jordan and I, uh, not Jordan Mosley, but Jordan, the other host of this show, have been calling for to get some running inside linebacker. Uh, they played Amon McCullough, who's played the jack position at times for them there. They played uh, Oseta Smith, who's a freshman safety uh, in the box, uh, along with Thomas, uh, Kobe Thomas, who who is a reserve player there. I give props to this defense. Without their coordinator, Hoke, uh, sure they could have used a more stop. Sure they had an opportunity to win the game on fourth and one, but they kept this team in it. You know, when the offense wasn't working, uh, the defense really stepped up and they were really burned. You know, they, they did not play that many guys. They didn't get their normal rotations, and especially the inside linebacker, which this defense is really based on, and safety. Jordan Mosley didn't really take that many snaps back there if you watch the game again. Uh, and then without Jacorian Bennett, I didn't see Isaiah Hazel. Uh, there was a handful of guys. Actually, I did see Hazel on specials. There were a handful of guys that just weren't getting run in this game either because they're out because of COVID. They're out because of something else. But I'm extremely proud of the way this team played. And, you know, you can look, go back and look at this game, pick out a handful of plays, whether it was that fourth and one on defense, uh, the, the kick in overtime that didn't go in, the blindside block in overtime, which I personally did not think was a blindside block. The fumble that Maryland caused, it turns out to not be a fumble because the player never had possession of the football. This one hurt. But at the same time, I'm proud of my guys for being in the game, and I think that's a good place to leave it. Floss, but Maryland will pick it up. They'll go against Michigan State this next week, and they have a chance to win this game. I'll be straight out with them. I expect Maryland to have a similar performance, but I expect them to come out on top. Come out way more prepared for the personnel that you have. You have a game of tape on it. Make the adjustments needed. Michigan State is not really a good football team. They'll give themselves a chance to win. It's a scenario for Michigan State where they do not have a quarterback. This game is the most important game of the season. 
you have got to perform in this moment. You're in prime time again on your home field against a football team that if you want to take that next step, you need to win this game. Plain and simple. And for this program, a win on Saturday in a 500 season with an invitation to go to a bowl game is a big deal. I think it's being treated like that by the seniors. I think Maryland will come out and they'll play prepared. They'll play the right way. They'll clean up the penalties and they will produce a win. I don't really know how. I don't really know what the score is going to be. I don't think it's going to be very high for me to use teams. But again, you're going to have to sit on your defense, make the plays with your playmaking wide receivers. I think Jarrett needs the ball more. And you really, really need to line up and hit somebody in the mouth. And I would have done that. I would have gone to that the second that I knew that my quarterback play wasn't going to be great. You've seen Maryland line up under center this year. You've seen the running back they've had, the holes they were opening up for their running back. Run the ball straight at somebody. Funk is such a good back. Fleet Davis is a good power back. Give me my guys against theirs, and mine will produce for me. I think that's the one thing that was lacking out of Maryland. I think that's what they bring back this week. Our guys are better than yours, pound for pound. We'll beat you. Jalen Duncan, Johnny Jordan, they were just named Big Ten Honorable Mention. I think Johari Branch is a really good guard. And hopefully, maybe Marcus Miner gets back for Maryland. But I really like what this line's been able to do. Uh, with Ja'Kai Green, who's a true freshman out of St. Francis, I was struggling a bit. But I like the play. I like that play style. But I think it's a big deal for Maryland to get up early, hold the lead on Michigan State team that, again, will give you opportunities to get back in the game if you fall behind, and they'll come out with a win. Uh, let's talk a little basketball. Uh, rough, rough uh, couple of, of games for, for the Terps. Before we get to basketball, this podcast is also brought to you by Viner Four Gates. Viner Four Gates, founded in 1991 right here in Rockville, Maryland, has been serving the DMV and Baltimore areas for now 30 years, founded in 1991 with best-in-class IT and networking solutions, disaster recovery, and a wide variety of break-and-fix support. Viner Forgates has adapted constantly over the past 30 years to the dynamic information technology industry and has ready-prepared solutions for your business to get you up and running in these challenging times. You just don't want the new kids on the block. You want an experienced provider that has proven solutions and a long-standing history, and that is Viner Forgates Consulting. You can reach us on the phone at 877-797-8776 or 301-251-2900. Viner Forgates, make your company work. Now let's talk Terps basketball. Uh, a pair of tough losses for Maryland since we last podcast. Uh, we'll talk uh, briefly about the loss against Clemson. The Terps fell 67-51. to uh, One of the worst first halves of Maryland basketball that I've seen in a long, long time kind of brought me back to, with the pending snowstorm coming in, uh, another snowstorm game. Maryland took on Duke in the 2010 season uh, at Cameron and had a similar showing in the first half. They battled back in the second half, but it just wasn't enough and that's where the problem started for Maryland uh, Galen Smith Aaron Wiggins Eric Ayella Daryl Morsell were all lacking on offense Akeem Hart wasn't able to give the Terps another massive game and I mean from there on the issue just went on uh, 
Donta Scott was able to bring Maryland back a little bit. They got some timely shots from a handful of Terps, but it just wasn't enough. Uh, the system was lacking. The ball movement wasn't there. Everything that Coach Turgeon preached was not followed. And Maryland ended up looking like a team lost in the woods without Anthony Cowan and Jalen Smith uh, to give them big and uh, big plays and shots and really just dominate the ball. Uh, I thought Wiggins didn't really give you what what was promised out of him. I thought Ayella wasn't really ready to take the game over, and it gave me flashes of a team going back to that early 2010 era uh, once Vasquez and Hayes were gone. You are left with Adrian Bowie and Cliff Tucker, this next generation of guys that was going to take over, and they were just going to continue being a good basketball team. That didn't happen then, and I don't see it really happening now, uh, given the last two games. I think Maryland is extremely uh, weak without a real big man inside. Galen Smith is not that guy. I think he is in a rotation, but as the lone big man, Chole is just not there. Four minutes against Clemson. And I don't really think he got many more against Rutgers. Looking at the stat line now, uh, yeah, he only got two minutes against Rutgers. So they've pretty much removed Chole from the lineup. So now you're down to one big man. I think Maryland is in a really, really tough position now. Uh, we're not really going to get into the specifics of that Clemson game. So moving on to last night. Uh, Maryland suffers a 74-60 to loss against Rutgers. I was very disappointed by this game. They didn't necessarily start strong, but they battled back in the first half. Uh, they actually went to the locker room with a lead. Or they were down by one. They fought hard until they were just... It looked like outclassed. I was getting texts from multiple people saying... It looks like somehow Rutgers, Rutgers, the team that's been the bottom feeder of this conference, has more talent than Maryland. That's a really tough pill to swallow. Coach Turgeon has been tasked, not really with being the greatest game coach, but his biggest, biggest sell to Terp Nation has been that our talent will be better. He won't be necessarily the greatest coach. But if you talk to people at the school that are trying to give you donations and trying to sell this team, it's that they recruit better. That they will uh, put a superior team on the court, and I'm not seeing that, and they're playing Rutgers. And Steve Peichel, I love the job that Steve Peichel's done at Rutgers. But we're looking at a team with Donta Scott, Galen Smith, Eric Ayella, Aaron Wiggins, Daryl Morsell. These guys just, they aren't getting it done. Donta Scott was fantastic, but it's just not enough. Maryland shot 21 of 61 in this game, 34%. Uh, comparison, Rucker shoots 48.3%, 29 of 60. The Terps are awful shooting the three. Four for 20, 20%. Rutgers knocks down nine. Uh, the free throw shooting was decent from the Terps. They missed four the entire game. Uh, the Scarlet Knights were, weren't too actually weren't too good shooting the free throws, uh, a little bit less than fifty percent, seven for sixteen. Maryland actually rebounded evenly with Rutgers, but uh, the Scarlet Knights were just bigger. Maryland lacked a big man. Rutgers gets eight more assists than the Terps, 
uh, turns the ball over one time less, fouls a little bit more. If you look at the stat line, the only issue really is that the Terps miss shots. When you have a small ball team and you're missing shots on your home court, that is an issue. And I think one thing that we all have to look at and all have to consider is what Mark Turgeon said before the season and what, what the uh, experts on this team were hearing from inside the program. We were hearing they're executing the system this year. You know, they may not have that best guy, but somehow uh, they're running plays and they, they look decent and they're going to have a good chance to win games because they're executing the system. They don't have uh, Mello Trimble or Anthony Cowan. They don't have a ball-dominant point guard. Somehow they're going to uh, come up with an offense, whether it's Coach uh, Hayes or Haynes that's in there or, and Mark Turgeon and Matt Brady. Uh, they're going to put together this system, this winning uh, offense that moves the ball effectively, yet somehow when I watch the game, that system looks non-existent. We have guys standing around dribbling again, give it to Dante Scott, play hero ball without a true star. And Scott may become that guy, and I'm really pulling for him. I think he's a really good basketball player. But without that guy, the coaching, the system, the scheme isn't there. They're not shooting well. They have their coach saying, I'm not coaching well enough after the game. Now, you tell me, but that's not a good look for a basketball program that should be in the top tier of college basketball, that has been in the top tier. They're struggling right now. They're struggling on defense. I think Wiggins does not look good at in the least bit. Ayella just isn't the guy, and I, you can say that before the season. Ayella can give you 12 points like he did last night, and I'm fine with that. But somebody needs to step up and be that guy, lead this team. And I think it's down to Scott. I think they kind of found it there, but then they fell off at the end of the game. That big shot, that big th specifically that big three-pointer never came. I think you can find a way with the personnel that Maryland has between Hakeem Hart and Aaron Wiggins to find true, two true shooters. But right now, the team looks rhythmless. Morcell is playing injured. I'm not even sure why they have them out there. He looks really bad. They have to find rhythm. They look like they're running around with no goal. The ball moving. Nothing is smooth, and I've noticed it really since the beginning of the season. Even when Hakeem Hart dropped 35 points, there's just something out of rhythm without Cowan out there, without Melo Trimble, without that guy that just has the flow of the game. Everything looks forced. And that's a big problem. That is a huge problem. I suspected, as many of you did, uh, that this may happen. Without the Xfinity Center fans to propel this team, uh, they just won't be the same guys. That bump that the fan base gave them was just so strong that without that, when the game gets tough, they don't really make the next play. And I think for Maryland, all the issues, all the blame that was put on Mark Turgeon as a coach is showing right now. Without the hype, without the fans, there just isn't a solid team that has a fire like the football team does. Now that seems reversed to me. But without that propelling heat that they must win. That doesn't come from in internally in the basketball program. Anthony Cowan has it. I think Daryl Morcell has it. 
but it was never able to radiate and, and spread to the other players. The fans always brought that. And in football, where they didn't have the fan support and they didn't have that fire, you saw the end result, and the end result was embarrassing. I think that's coming around to the basketball program right now. And it could be a long, long year. Looking ahead, and I'll ask Dave LaMonico about this tomorrow, Maryland takes on LaSalle, who I think they'll be able to beat just because of talent-wise. Uh, then, then it doesn't get easier. On the road against Purdue, on the road against Wisconsin, at home against a Michigan team that's still ranked. Uh, on the road against Indiana, I mean, as you get into a really, really tough Big Ten slate, you're going to have to find it. You know, on a cold Tuesday, whether it be in College Park or Iowa City, you're going to have to find it. Somebody's going to have to say something to get this team ready to go. But right now, they're starting slow. They make some shots, but they just don't have it. It's not there. You can blame the personnel all you want. Yeah, they're deficient down low, but they were in this game, and when it came time to take it, they just weren't there. It wasn't there to be had for Maryland. Whether that's a personnel issue, a coaching issue, I think we're yet to see. Right now, you're a 4-2 basketball team. You're 0-1 in this league. You lost your other challenging game. Everybody's looking at this team saying, well, damn, they don't have it. Who's going to show us that they do? Who's going to show us that that's different like we have seen in years past from guys like Cowan, Trimble, Des Wells? Or are we going backwards to the days of uh, whether it's Terrell Stoglin, Nick Faust, Seth Allen, uh, that group of guys, that early Turgeon year team, that's kind of what this looks like right now. And in year, what is it? Uh, year 9 or 10 of Mark Turgeon? I, I don't I don't expect to be seeing that. I think it's unacceptable for the, for the amount of commitment that he's gotten from the boosters, from the amount of winning that's happened. Eventually you set an expectation for yourself, and I think he, he's done that. People expect this team to win. And I think rightfully so. Uh, I think it's inexcusable that they don't have a big man. But again, I'm in a wait and see phase uh, with this program right now, with this team right now. And we'll see where we sit uh, in a couple of days. But time will tell, and and I'm not really going to break it down uh, that much on the show without Jordan here. That That's a lot of what he does for basketball. But I'm just not seeing the ball movement that they need to happen. I'm not seeing... Uh, the shots go down. It just, again, it looks out of rhythm. I think that's the word for it. But we'll see. We'll see. Again, the podcast will be back. Signing day special tomorrow with Dave. We'll talk a little bit about uh, more about basketball uh, with the recruiting expert from Terrapin Times. I'm really excited for signing day tomorrow. Until then, as always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Allied Party Rentals in Beltsville, for all of your party rental needs. To do it safely, Allied is your place to go. And Viner Fourgates in Rockville, 30 years of proven IT experience that can help your business save money and run smoother. That's what Viner does. Make your company work. You can reach them at 301-251-2900 or on the web at Viner, the number four, Gates.com. And as always... Thanks for listening.